change is hard, but it's hard because open innovation is like a muscle. If you don't exercise the muscle, the muscle is not going to make strength. It's not going to be stronger. It's not going to be more volume. So you need to exercise that muscle and it takes time. Hello, and welcome to the Global Venturing Review podcast. I'm Fernando Moncada, and on this episode, I speak with Gonzalo Galindo, head of Semex Ventures, which, of course, is the corporate venturing unit of construction materials company Semex. Having been at the helm of the CVC since its inception in 2017, Gonzalo talks about how the challenges within the construction sector, such as supply chain issues and sustainability, have evolved over the past nearly six years. We also talk about its recent investment in 3D printing company Kabod and why it was interested in a novel energy storage company like Energy Vault. We discussed Semex Ventures' recently announced LP investment in a newly formed investment fund, Sakwa Ventures, which Semex is backing alongside a number of other industry incumbents to invest in initiatives relevant to all of them, and how the construction startup competition it runs with other major construction companies shines a spotlight on fledgling innovators. Do make sure to like, share, and subscribe to the Global Venturing Review if you can, so you never miss out on any future interviews. And now, onto the show. So, Gonzalo, thank you so much for coming on the show. How are you? Fine, thank you. Thank you for inviting me, Fernando. No problem at all. Happy to speak to you. I want to begin, as, as we always do on, on this show, could you uh, tell us a bit about yourself, your background, and, and how you got into... CVC, I know that you've been at Semex in, in various capacities for more than two decades now and became president of Semex Ventures back in 2017 when it was launched, right? Can you uh, tell us a bit about that story? Sure. As you mentioned, I've been kind of a veteran in Semex of 24 years, uh, doing all sorts of things for, for the company, all the way from business development, for integrating companies, uh, managing some of our operations in the UK and in the US. And for the last uh, five or six years, almost six years, incredible, almost six years running what we call Semex Ventures and the whole innovation process for Semex. Before Semex, I, I, I did a stint as well as a business consultant for McKinsey, and also I work a little bit in the food industry for uh, Frito-Lay as well, mostly in business development matters. No? Yeah, and, and how did uh, Semex Ventures come along? What was, the, what was the genesis of that? At some point, uh, we felt that the, the construction industry and, and in turn the building materials industry, at the end of the day, the building materials industry is a very tangential business to the construction world, we felt that as any other industry in the world, we felt some sort of disruption or changes. No? So since the early beginning, we felt that we needed a unit which helped us really navigate that disruption and help us modify and modulate some strategy in order to be able to navigate those, those disruptions. No? So the, the first capability we provided to Semex Ventures was we need somebody which actually is the eyes which is looking outside the company. No? As a very large industrial commodity business, we tend to be very inward looking. And through Semex Ventures, what we try to do is really to gather that information. What are those technologies, that those pain points, the, those needs of the construction world, which eventually will have any effect on the way we do business no? and, 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 and help the everything modulate and draw different strategic objectives, no? That's what we thought. And based on those new strategic objectives, that's where Semex Ventures steps in again and actually helps Semex source innovation to actually achieve those objectives, no? And that was the, the early thing, you know? It, it was really a move to really preempt potential disruptions we thought that the industry will face as any other industry, no? Mm -hmm. And what have those pain points been? You know, what, what, what are the problems that, that the kind of industry needs 
innovation to overcome and how have they kind of evolved in the past six years since you guys started? Well, they, they, they have been plenty. No? As you know, the, the construction industry is quite unique. It's uh, just in a simple project, you can have 800 different people working in different things. I mean, from architects all the way to the plumber. No? So all of those people need uh, different things. No? And what we have seen is that the, when we started, uh, there was a really huge effort to start digitizing job sites and really having job sites more under control, job site management, uh, ensuring that uh, the quality and the amount of paper floating around and the coordination among people started to be more accurate and more effectively. You know? And that is still, it's, it's still going to be forever a, a pending issue. No? But at least from the Semex Ventures perspective, we believe that there's a wider discussions that we need to take care of as well as part of this uh, disruption. See, no? for example, the sustainability part. Everybody talks about sustainable future of the cities and so on, and 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 what, what that does that mean, no? And and what's my stake on that, no? And how I can actually add value to that future of construction, which is more sustainable with less carbon footprint and so on, no? So for us, it's a really important thing. I mean, we are really working in things like materials recycling, waste management, and of course, uh, managing our carbon footprint, which is very important. I mean, we are a serious emitter of CO2, no? And if we really need to be in a, in a world in which we will provide materials to a sustainable future, because we need to manage our carbon future and reduce and become net zero at some point. No? We also believe that there are some other areas which uh, should be considered very seriously. For example, what is the future of building materials? What are the future of building processes? If we believe that this time really industrialized construction will really take off, what does it mean for us and for the materials we will provide to that world? No? In the future, just sending a concrete truck might not be enough. We might need to send a wall and a wall with certain characteristics and things like that. And of course, I think one of the biggest outstanding issues in terms of innovation for the construction world is really improving the supply chain. Any single person you talk to in the construction world will tell you that one of the issues they face is knowing where the materials are at every single point of time, no? And whether they will arrive on time and on quality, no? And that's, uh, that's probably the most, most diverse and difficult part of, 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 of innovation in, in, in the building materials and, and the construction world. Yeah. Cause I mean, a cement truck, you know, showing up an hour late to a site will ruin it. No, if, if you're in the middle of a concrete pour or showing up and, and the site is not ready to receive right. it. No. Yeah. So yeah. there's, it's, it's, it's not necessarily who's wrong. It's how we can actually connect both things together that actually the, the systems work smoothly, no? Mm-hmm. It's interesting that you, you touched on sustainability, which is a theme that, I mean, we're seeing everywhere. And, and I definitely want to come back to it in, in some of the portfolio companies that you guys have. But another pain point that, you know, I've, I used to write about infrastructure and, and obviously construction and infrastructure are quite closely linked. And one of the issues that kept popping up was this kind of skills gap that exists in the construction sector. You know, simply put, at least in the UK anyway, a lot of people are seeing that there's simply are not enough, you know, skilled people available to work at construction sites. Has that kind of manifested itself in in the work that you guys do? Yes, it's something that we haven't so far addressed strongly, but yes, it's a real issue, especially in countries like the UK or other developed countries. I mean, try to find a a, a truck driver in the US is is probably the most difficult thing right now. But really, really having skilled 
people to really work in construction is going to be something which is going to be more difficult moving forward for many reasons. No, I mean, population pyramids have changed. Uh, the will of newcomers in the job market, uh, of working in a job site, it has changed. People prefer to work in front of a computer. I mean, let's face it, no? Irregardless, they pay more or less. I mean, they feel more comfortable because of the way they were educated, no? So, yes, it, it, it's going to be an issue, and that will call for changes in the way we actually address and go about construction projects in the future, no? And, 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 and it's taking place so rare. You can see several governments really promoting industrialized construction and things like that for many reasons, but one of the reasons is, is the lack of enough people, enough hands to actually make things happen. And would, would one, I suppose, maybe potential partial solution to that would be something like 3D printing. I mean, you guys recently invested in, 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 in cardboard, right? Could be. Could be 3D printing. We invested already in, in, in a 3D printing company. Cobalt, which we have had a collaboration with them uh, for a couple of years already in really developing the mixes to actually make 3D printing in concrete uh, economically viable. No? And so far, the vast majority, if not 100% of the printing that has, has happened has, has happened in, in, in mortar-based mixes, which economically is not going to be viable. No? We, we need to actually try to be able to print almost directly from the concrete trunk. And that's where we are going no, with them. How big an impact do you see something like 3D printing having in, in this industry? I think it will have a, a fair impact. Will be replacing every single other type of construction methods? I don't think so. But I think it's going to be a sizable method of building, if not complete job sites, building sizable pieces of, of a constructive job site. No? Anything which reduces waste and, and, and increases the speed of construction will be taken into consideration. No? And 3D printing is one of those solutions that, that will add to that. No? And do you see yourselves allocating more capital in that direction? We see ourselves supporting that construction method in the future, yes. So tell me a bit more about your team. How, how is Semex Ventures structured? Well, Semex Ventures, we have a, a small team of uh, people which basically does something very similar to venture capital, which is really sourcing for startups and technologies, having discussions with them, uh, looking into potential collaboration and how they would look in terms of our portfolio and doing due diligence, negotiating term sheets, uh, investing. We have also a couple of people really looking into insight of what's really happening, what are the technologies, what are the pain points in the industry, and so on, and really refreshing that knowledge that we are gathering from the being the eyes of Semex to the outside world. Obviously, the couple of lawyers and things like that, but, but also we, 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 we have a very strong marketing effort no? in trying to make some insight, pro- produce some insight, uh, trying to be present in the minds of the entrepreneurs all the time. In this business, if you are not reminding entrepreneurs that you exist and the benefits you can provide to, it, it eases a lot creating deal flow if you do that. And because of that, we created our startup competition, which is probably one of the largest, it's of the largest startup competition in the construction world. We have partners with which participate in our startup competitions, which are large, serious construction-related companies like Ferrovial, Sangoban, Pinchi, and so on, no? Hilti. 
and so on. I mean, we, we do a lot of content to actually make sure that those, those entrepreneurs think about Semex Ventures as, as the place to really try to do business with. No? Mm-hmm. T- tell me a bit more, actually, about the construction competition. Because I noticed that you guys you guys have it. So what exactly is it? How, how does it work? And what does, what does the winner get? The competition started as an effort to actually attract startups to our, to, to our deal flow. It started really small. But then we figure out that, that with a little bit of effort, we could draw the attention of a lot of entrepreneurs. Today, the startup competition is not only a Semex Venture startup competition. It's supported by 10 companies, as mentioned. It's us, Ferrovial, Nova, Basengoban, Leonard, Vinci, GS Group, Hilti, Procore, etc. And sorry if I left some of our partners there. And for the participants is, first of all, a good testing of, is this really a concept which, which might have success? Is it, is it mature enough? Is it too young? I mean, we receive a lot of startups. We receive hundreds of startups every year. And, and, and many of them, the feedback to them is, look, I mean, wait one year and reapply because you probably are too young for, for or, or, or not well developed yet. But some others, those which are more advanced, and immediately they have 10 of the largest corporations in the construction world, looking at you, having conversations with you, potentially piloting with you, potentially investing in you. And then because of the competition has a, a bigger audience, you have a lot of people looking at you. And for those which are actually move forward in the competition are, and, and are believed to be the right solutions and so on, we try to give them a lot of visibility, not on, only among the partners, but, but among the whole ecosystem of innovation in the construction world. The pitch event that we do, we invite a lot of investors, other competitors, other incumbents, and so on. So the exposure that they have is pretty big. And, and, and in many cases, those startups which, which have success in our competition get either pilot investments or relationship, not only with the partners, but with other people. We need to remember that when we call it competition, people believe that we're going to give a price. Yeah, that's the- there's no better price for a startup than being exposed to people that could be your customers or your investors. That's what we provide in the competition. Yeah, no, and, and that's, I mean, if you're a startup, that's what you want, really. That is exactly. You don't want a check of ten thousand dollars, not on, I mean, or or a or an iPad, no? I mean, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's not about that, no? It's about exposure, it's about potential of being hired, being piloted, being used. And if you know, the, the competition is, is being run by heavyweights such as, you know, yourselves, Ferrovial, Sangovan, you know, Vinci, you know, there's, there's plenty of exposure to, to be had there. When you look at your investments, you know, what's the kind of typical ticket size that you guys go for and what are your preferred stages? It all depends on, as well on the type of startup we're looking at. If, if we're talking about the digital world, supply chain issues, uh, job site management and so on, we prefer not to participate at the seed level because we don't believe we are the greatest investor at the seed level. We prefer something more in between seed and series A. In general terms, we prefer startups that they have some sort of commercial activity. It's kind of a validation that there's something crazy out there willing to use that product. And it's kind of a validation as well for us that we're not the only crazy ones which believe that product is good. We usually invest jointly with somebody else because it's also a validation issue. If we need to lead, we lead, but we are not necessarily going to run to lead an investment. Usually in those cases, 
our ticket sizes are around on average a million dollars, give or take, depending also on the in which region of the world. Latin America tend to be lower, Europe closer to the million, the US could be slightly over the million. At least last year, I mean, this year things are changing, no? Because the, the world has changed, no? But whenever you talk about the sustainability issue, for example, carbon capture usage and things like that, that's a different ballgame. It's a completely different ballgame. I mean, it's, it's more asset intensive, intensive solutions. Valuations are different. The venture capital world surrounding those solutions is different. There's plenty of money right now on there. It's not only company like us investing is oil and gas, is, uh, is energy companies, is the Bill Gates of this world with breakthrough energy ventures and things like that, which actually have lots of money to deploy, no? governments as well. No? In that case, we, we prefer to go SIF and almost even before SIF because we believe that we can help them a lot in developing the technology, escalating, industrializing them because we have the R&D, the industrial facilities and so on, which are fundamental for them to escalate those technologies. No? And if you're talking about something like carbon capture, the technology is still pretty early, early days anyway, so they, they need that kind of... That's one thing. And the other thing is that some technologies which are ready for piloted at industrial scale, those tests cost $10, $15 million. It's not just providing you a software solution which you just install in a computer and that's it. No. And you can do a little beta test and then, you know, see, get your results back. No, no. Here, here you need to do engineering and connect a, an industrial facility to a device which might work or not, might explode or not. Might, I mean, it's, it's, a, it's a different ballgame. And, and that's, what, that's what you guys can bring to the table as a, as a big kind of industrial player like that. I mean, if, if you think that the PhD, which had a great idea about carbon capture and they managed to escalate it all the way to a certain level, the next step is now I need an industrial installation to test it. Those are the ones which are we own, not them. No. Right. Yeah. Would you describe yourselves as a, as a more of a strategic investor or a financial one? Much more a strategic investor. Of course, every single. I mean, look, the best strategy is the strategy that makes money. Right. No. <laughs> At the end of the day, no. But of course, I mean, every time I get some money to invest in these uh, concepts, I mean, my system. It's expecting for me to return that money, no? And as any other venture capital effort, you know that you may win some, you may lose some, no? But we favor a lot the strategic merits of the investment. And we are probably willing to continue stubbornly investing certain concepts because strategically makes sense. In spite of the fact that some financial investor might say, no, this one might take longer, no? A financial venture capital-minded fund is expecting to return their money in no more than seven years. We can wait longer because we're, we're solving something. Right, yeah. What, what is your investment horizon? We have been six years on this, almost six years on this. We have had a couple of good exits. We have had already a couple of bad apples. We have been supporting those startups that we believe are going to help us strategically to achieve certain things. And they might take a little bit longer to return. No? We, we haven't set up, no, it has to be 10 years. No, we're looking to solve a problem. And on top of that, of course, I'm looking to return my money. Uh, yeah. Right. Yeah, yeah, of course. And, and 
to the point about strategic and, and, and how do you kind of assess what's strategic, you know, one of those recent exits was Energy Vault, which, which, which recently despacked. And this is actually one that I've, that I've written about before in the past, you know, during one of its earlier rounds. And for those who aren't familiar, it's Energy Vault is, is developing a kind of novel energy storage system, which is, is not a battery in the traditional sense of the word, but is essentially using gravity itself as a mechanism to store and release energy. Bit of an oversimplification, but it's essentially a, a big tower of blocks and, and it uses energy, you know, incoming energy to build up the tower and then releases energy when they kind of go back down. Exactly. So yeah, w- w- what is your kind of strategic interest in a project like that? Obviously, the blocks themselves are made of, you know, cement, but do you also have an interest on the energy side of things? Or Our interest in that one is helping a technology become available which will help the world to have greener, renewable electricity. We in itself not necessarily are interested in power other than being a heavy user of power. But this technology will allow renewable electricity to be available 24-7 for some cases in which is not possible, like solar, like wind, like etc. It's cheap and can be done. And, and because of our technology with cementitious knowledge and solidification technology, we will provide the means for this technology to be executed in a lot of places. Because these machines or these devices are not going to be installed in the middle of industrial sites or in the middle of the city. They might be installed in the middle of nowhere where you have a windmill capability. And you have to be able to create those blocks there. And shipping cement all the way there is going to be difficult. Shipping, so you need to solidify whatever you find there. And that's where we put the efforts. No? Right. So so the blocks that would go in Energy Vault, they're made of, of locally sourced material right there and there. It's, I mean, probably, for example, we're looking into solidifying tails from mining industry, uh, crushed windmills and things like that. Of course, there will be some cementitious content and so on, but you need to reduce the logistical nightmare that that may become. Right. That, that, that's interesting. Obviously, the sustainability angle is the main driver for the project itself, but the logistics behind it is also a major factor in, in the kind of strategic context. Yeah, yeah. And reduce the, the, the environmental impact of that environmental benefit. No? Right. Yeah, exactly. And of, of your focus areas, are there any that stand out as having a larger runway for growth than, than some others? What, what, what's really exciting you at the minute? For us right now, I mean, certainly the, the sustainability front is very important. For any other player like us with heavy industrial assets, which actually emit CO2, CO2 management is important. And we have, as a company, stringent committees of reducing our CO2 targets to, and become net zero by 2050, like many, many other guys. And that will require a lot of effort and a lot of technologies, which some of them are very early stages today, to actually achieve that. Circularity of things, I think, is also another area in which we are very interested. We as company, we can help the world to actually manage and consume a lot of waste, but also help recycle a lot of waste. And something that we are proving right now, I mean, cement industry can become a net benefactor of circularity in the world for sure and and today we are consuming substantially larger amounts of waste than the one we generate and i can tell you 30 to 1 could be 
the other area which is also very relevant for us is supply chain issues. If there's one area in construction where a lot of waste happen and mistakes happen and needs a lot of innovation is supply chain and we're willing to help that change happen because we are a company which has which effectively is a supply chain company, <laughs> which happens to produce cement, no? We have tons of trucks in the street every day. And also, of course, things which will certainly affect our future, which is uh, the future of building materials, the future of construction processes. I mean, are we going to build as we're building tomorrow? What, what, how, how, what is going to be the construction process that we will follow tomorrow? And what effect will have that? into the building materials that the world will use, no? and, and what we need to do to, as a company, react to that. Well, one of those, and we were speaking about this offline before we began recording, and we're recording this on August 4th, by the way. The announcement was made of your participation in newly launched investment vehicle called Sakwa Ventures, which also focuses on the built environment and in which Samix Venture was an important founding figure alongside other industry players. Can you tell me a bit more about Sakwa? Sure. Well, Sakwa Ventures... Is kind of uh, the result of a view of open innovation is about collaboration. It's about being able to talk with people, self-minded people with similar interest, how we can accelerate the innovation that will help those innovation agendas evolve. And going back to the financial investor and the strategic investor, there are certainly differences. I'm not saying financial is wrong or right. No, I mean, everybody has the right to do the business the best way they can. But for us, the strategic piece was important. And at some point, we started getting approached because of the collaboration that we and partnerships that we tried to manage with a lot of incumbents in the industry. At some point, conversations went on on and what if we put money in, in Semex Ventures and we can start joining forces? And that sound of the uh, start to evolve that conversation into what today is Aqua Ventures, which is a an independent venture capital fund where LPs or the vast majority of the LPs will be incumbents with similar views of what is needed to be done. So those innovation agendas can be openly discussed and, and really helped by Sacqua Ventures in managing investments that can help those technologies be successful in the future. Yeah. And, and we are very proud about Sacqua and proud of our, our investment in Sacqua because we believe it will provide us not only a lot of insight, but also an, an, an outlet where we can have incumbents interested in the future of construction and sustainability and sustainability in construction to a much more wider spectrum of, of, of discussions in terms of how, how we're going to innovate here and how we're going to get benefit of this innovation. And, and some of those incumbents, just uh, looking at the announcement here, include Andres Construction, GS Futures, Progreso X, and uh, Savanki Building Materials Group. Yes, as you see, some of them are also cement producers, some others are contractors, some others is, are uh, digital guys, but, but all of us want the same. I mean, having a better construction environment. And at what point did the kind of, was the decision made to make it its own entity? I think that in order to make this fund effective, they have to be independent. And since the early discussions when we started thinking about this, we thought it should be an independent entity which actually manages the funds without passion. 
with passion but without passion no i know if i explain myself no no yeah but yeah and and and, and it's a neutral and and coordinates that conclusions which will lead to certain investments are are well balanced it'll be independently managed but how are the 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 priorities sorted out is it kind of be between the the shareholders it's it's the work of the general partners to actually make sure that they balance that out no now having said that those guys which are joining that group they have done that because they believe that the investment thesis of sakua is makes resonance with what they are looking for in terms of innovation otherwise they wouldn't be joining and in, in terms of like the the individual at the level of the individual investments how much space is there between semex ventures and and what you're looking for and what sakua is looking for Do, are you going to look to co-invest a lot with each other sometimes sometimes for example sakua has done already a couple of investments concepts which we believe are important and necessary not necessarily something that we would be investing at semex ventures and i think they are good investments as we speak we are evaluating we invited them to evaluate one in which we are interested no and they will do their own evaluation and, and and come up with conclusions but but with or without them we might be investing on that one hopefully with ideally in an ideal world it's it's always with and one thing we like to ask all our our guests who kind of come on the show is you know what do you believe that cor- corporate parents can do to to better help their cvc units and the wider innovation ecosystem i think it's the open innovation everybody calls now it's the cvc no it's at the end of the day, the CVC exists because it's an open innovation process, the one which is the company promoting no? or, or taking place. No? And, and the CVC is the one coordinating or executing that process. And probably one of the hardest challenges to overcome in, in corporate venturing is the connectivity of the corporate with the innovation that the CVC attracts. For many reasons, and you can ask any single CVC in the world, and it will tell you the same. The hardest is connecting with the core, because the core, especially the largest the corporation is, people have daily objectives, monthly objectives. They have been doing things the way they have been doing things for quite some time, and, and change is hard. But it's hard because open innovation is like a muscle. If you don't exercise the muscle, the muscle is not gonna make strength. It's not going to be stronger. It's not going to be more volume. So you need to exercise that muscle, and it takes time. If you ask me what I see today compared to what I've seen at the beginning, it's a completely different board in terms of how the company is more open to actually try things. And and depending on the topic, I, it's the other way around. I'm, I'm I've been harassed by my company telling me, "Bring me this, bring me that." Have you seen this? I mean, no. While at the beginning was like. What the hell is Gonzalo doing and with all those crazy guys of, of, of that crazy thing of Semex Ventures? No? It's a muscle and takes some time, but what the muscle is well exercised, it becomes a machine. Well, it seems that you know, get, getting harassed by the parent company to, to do more is one of those good problems, as they say. And then you know, as, as a company that's headquartered in, in Latin America, which is kind of in, in its early stages of you know, having kind of corporate innovation units you've you've you know you've found that it's kind of come a long way now to to where it is well because actually we at least in the in in this building materials world probably we were if not the first one of the first to actually jump into the corporate venturing world and and, and open innovation world 
In fact, in the construction world, probably we were one of the early ones. I mean, when we started, there were a few. If you talk about even about venture capital funds, there were three or four only. Today, you can see people jumping into the ship. You can see the ecosystem much more strong and wider. And I think this time it's not going to die. It's going to be there and it's going to be a must for every company in the construction world to succeed. They will have to rely a lot on open innovation. It's, it's a stupid comparison, but I'm going to say it, but a company like ours, we are 45, 49, 50,000 employees. The world has 8 billion people. The most likely scenario is that the good idea will come from, from the outside. We might have great ideas, but the disrupted idea most likely is going to come from the outside. And finally, I wanted to ask, what does you know, the future hold for Semex Ventures, you know, what are you most excited about over the next year or two? What are your, what are your plans? In terms of our current portfolio, I really look forward in the next two, three years for some of those technologies in certain areas to really make a difference in, in certain aspects. For example, we are piloting a couple of very promising technologies in carbon management. I'm sure the pilots will be successful, and if so, those technologies will give us substantial push to actually achieve our agenda of decarbonization. And, and that will certainly happen in the next couple of years. I really hope that we will really start putting some sense into the innovation, into the supply chain issues. It's urgent. It's probably one of the biggest issues that hinders the evolution of the construction world. We really need to, to work hard to actually change that. And I'm excited in general terms about the future. I, I see really a construction world which will be very different five, ten years down the road. We will be see a lot of changes in the way we think about doing projects. And we will see a lot of technologies really changing the way we do bridges, tunnels, buildings, designs, and, and actually really addressing, really addressing the cities of the future, the sustainable cities of the future. Because today we are not addressing that. We are just having fancy designs, which we like to call them sustainable. Right. Well, thank you so much for, for joining us today, Gonzalo. And, and you know, you're working in a, in a sector that uh, affects us all in more ways than one. So I, I wish you the best of luck and, and I'm excited to see what you guys do going forward. Thank you very much. And, and hopefully we succeed. Well, that was it from us. I hope you enjoyed that chat. And who knows, maybe at some point in the not too distant future, we'll be recording and listening to conversations like these from inside 3D printing buildings of our own. Don't forget to like, share and subscribe to GVR, which you can catch on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, SoundCloud or wherever else you get your listening content. I have been Fernando Moncada. Our sound engineer is Mark Chatterley from In-Ear Production, whose great work you can check out at inearproduction.com. And our intro music is by Kevin McLeod and a Creative Commons license. We'll be back again very soon. Until then, take care. Mm-hmm.